0: ولا مكّنناكم في الأرض وجعلنا لكم فيها معايش قليلاً ما تشكرون ولا خلقناكم ثم صورناكم ثم قلنا للملاك تسجدوا لآدم فسجدوا إلا إبليس لم يقم من الساجدين اللهم اجعلنا من الساجدين رب الشح لصجري ويسلي أمري وأحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي والله ما ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله والله ما من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصب الحق وتواصب الصبر آمين يا رب العالمين Uh, My intention, inshaAllah, for the next few khutbas is to actually reintroduce myself and all of you to our father, Adam, alayhi salam. And uh, what I hope to do, the the story of Adam, alayhi salam, is mentioned in two major places in the Qur'an. It's referred to seven times in the Qur'an, but it's uh, talked about in some depth in two places, in Baqarah and again in Surah Al-A'raf. And in these ayat, in in this series of khutbas that I'll be uh, conducting with you, we'll go through the ayat of Surah Al-A'raf. I have done a detailed study and and a lecture series on the Baqarah ayat. So this will be a different dimension. And you'll see that even though you could think, you would think it's the same story. Allah has already told the story of Adam Alayhi salam there. It's actually a completely different dimension of the story that's mentioned in Surah Al-A'raf. And I want to start today by giving you um, sort of an appreciation of why that's important. Why is it important for us to know the story of Adam and really the earliest lesson in history. You can think of it as the first lesson in human history. And I want to start with an example. It might seem a little bit silly but I think it will help get the point across. Imagine for a moment that you woke up today and you have no recollection of anything about your life except what happened in the last 24 hours. You know nothing else. You don't know who your parents are, you don't know your name, you don't know what your history is, where your home is, you know nothing else. You know, if you don't know your past, your own personal past, then you actually don't know yourself. You see, you you can't even identify yourself. Our sense of identity is actually tied to our sense of knowing our past. Knowing our parents is part of knowing our past. Knowing our family is part of knowing our past. Even knowing our language, our upbringing, our friends, our likes, our dislikes, all of it is connected to the experiences we've had in our past. You know, So, not having a sense of what happened in the past is actually a loss of a sense of identity. So, it's pretty cool that in the Quran, Allah Azza wa Jal, across the Quran, emphasizes lessons from history. And the Prophet of Allah وسلم, describes all believers. You know, like the Qur'an describes Allah talks about previous Prophets, all of them And then says, by the way, this is all your nation, one nation Meaning not just the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam But everyone who believed from the beginning is actually one nation That's actually one giant Ummah And Allah is their master But then on top of that The Prophet Ali would describe the entire Ummah Like a body, like one person So just like a person can, if they forgot their past and they can't remember it, they have amnesia of some kind, they can't identify themselves, anyone that's a member of this ummah, it's the same thing. If we don't know our past, we actually don't know who we are. We don't have a complete sense of identity. So understanding that first lesson in history, uh, it's a brief reminder of why that's valuable. Why is it important to go back to that first lesson in history, the, the story of Adam alayhi salam. My other motivation of going through that story is for lots of people that have been you know, either raised without a formal Islamic education, or a lot of young people that have gone uh, to public school, a lot of people that have maybe had a very limited education or seen some things on TV here and there. The story of, of creation, the story of Adam and Hawa, salamun Adam and Eve, is often confused with the Christian version or the Jewish version of the story. So even among the Muslims, we don't really know. I mean, even I've talked to lots of kids and young Muslim young kids. You know, what happened in the story? I think there was a snake and there was an apple or something. And... You know the Christian imagery is actually very prevalent even in Muslim minds. So it's kind of important to go back and refresh and understand that the Quran came to actually correct the stories that were already deviated and altered from the original teachings of Allah. And Allah retold the stories in the Quran not to reinforce what was already there in the Bible or in the Old Testament, but actually to correct the changes that were made. To, to, to bring back the actual history, because again, if you have false information about your past, your sense of identity becomes false, right? So it goes back to that same problem. So I want to start today with just one fundamental difference, or maybe two things, inshallah Again, in, this is in Surah Al-A'raf. Before Allah starts the story, He says, وَلَقَدْ مَكَّنَّاكُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَجَعَلْنَّا لَكُمْ فِيهَا مَعَايشٍ that we settled you down in the land, meaning Allah placed us in this world, and He settled us down. He wanted us to have stability here. He wanted us to have a stable, good life here. And He didn't stop there, He said, وَجَعَلْنَا لَكُمْ فِيهَا ma'āyish," <مَعَايش> And we placed in this life for you lots of means by which you can have Aish. Now Aish in the Arabic language is actually to live well. عَاشَ To live, but not just حَيَّة, حَيَّة, To live, but actually to live well. And so ma'isha is also used for a living. Like when you earn a living, that's also called a ma'isha. Urdu speakers actually deviated that word a little bit. They, it's from the same word. It's from aish. Now Allah says, Wa lakum ma'ayish, What He means by that is, He placed or furnished for you, provided for you in this world, things that you can use to live really well. Luxuries, comforts. You know, Allah made human beings different from other creatures on this earth. There's lots of life on this planet. But no other life puts ketchup on their food before they eat it Nobody else has like ratings on their food The horse just eats whatever hay is in front of it and it's good You know, but we have taste buds We have, you know, I, oh, I want more salt on this Or I want this or that, you know And Allah didn't just, you know, like other animals You don't put their food on a plate And put napkins on the side And would you like some more? You just throw it on the ground and they lick it off the floor That's what they do or they hunt animals out. But human beings, look at how Allah gave us fruit, even the way He packaged fruit, you know. وَالنَّخْلُ zatul Akmam Quran describes that Allah gave us palm trees where every date is packaged in a gift wrap, right? So that's what Allah did, literally describing, look, I didn't just give you food, I beautified food for you. I wrapped it for you. I mean, think, think of if something as simple as an orange, and you're smelling just the peel. You haven't even peeled it yet, but the peel itself is beautiful. The peel itself has a scent. You know, and you compare the package, you know, food packaging industry in the modern world To the food packaging that Allah does Himself the, the packaging of a banana, the packaging of an orange, the packaging of a watermelon It's already designed, it's already beautifully colored And on top of that, you know, when you have candy or other items You have the wrappers and you throw them on the ground What do those wrappers do? They poison the earth But when Allah packages this, this food And you take a banana peel and you throw it into the soil, it feeds the earth and actually, even that is beneficial, subhanAllah. In other words, Allah made human beings, not just, and I'm just highlighting food, but the way we live, the way we clothe, the things Allah gave us in this life, they're actually means by which we can live really well, much superior to any other creature on this earth. Now that's important to note before we get to the story of Adam alayhi salam. Why? Because the other version of this story is Allah got angry at Adam, salam, and therefore he punished him. And as a punishment, he sent him to the earth. So being on this earth is a kind of punishment. And as a matter of fact, even taking it further, our Christian brethren, we we, even went as further to say human beings are born in sin. Meaning you're born guilty. And if you're born guilty, you're imprisoned. So this life is actually supposed to be misery. And it's miserable because your, your, your starting point is sin. You're born in sin. Qur'an comes and actually changes that narrative altogether. Before Allah even talks about the fact that this earth is supposedly a punishment, Allah says, I put you here, I settled you down here, and we placed for you, furnished for you means by which you can live really well. But then the question is, why did He do that? He says, قَلِيلًا matashkurun," How little you thank. How little you thank, all of you. In other words, the entire purpose of giving us good things in life was so you and I could become grateful. It's the only purpose. That's the fundamental reason. Look at where Qur'an begins. The first guidance of the Qur'an is Alhamdulillah. Just to be grateful. Just to acknowledge the favor of Allah. That's it. That's the heart of it all. For human beings to become grateful. Allah describes how ungrateful and how miserable human beings can be focusing on all the negative in their life and overlooking all the things Allah is doing for us. Just completely like they don't exist. Like Allah is not doing them. And Allah says, قُتِلَ الْإِنسَانُ مَا أَكْفَرَهُ the human being is, has been destroyed, and it, can, it may be destroyed. How incredibly ungrateful can he be? How much in denial can he be? So we start the story from the perspective that we are supposed to be grateful for this life. That we're supposed to actually appreciate what Allah did for us here. That He did not send us to the earth as a punishment. As a matter of fact, when we came down from heaven, you know, the idea that Adam alayhi salam ate from the tree and our parents got in trouble. And as a result of getting in trouble, they got expelled. And therefore, they ended up here, right? That's actually a very oversimplistic way of looking at that story. And it's actually not the way the Quran tells the story. Now, I'm going to take some time in this khutbah and tell you a a story. And it's going to feel like I'm not telling you the story of Adam alayhi salam at all. But at the end of it all, we'll tie it all together. That's my intention to, first first at least in this khutbah, give you a framework for how we're going to approach this subject. So I want you to imagine a young young man who got a job, his first job, right? And he uh, just entry level, like an internship kind of thing, barely gets paid if anything at all, right? He just goes and gets his boss coffee and makes photocopies or whatever else, whatever they tell him to do, he does. He's just grateful to have this on his resume. And then later on, he gets to, he, they promote him to part-time, and then later on, they promote him to full-time, and then later on, they, you know, they, they see that he's doing good work, and he becomes a manager, and then later on, you know, years go by, and he dedicates decades of his life to the same company, and he keeps getting promoted and promoted and promoted and promoted until he's actually the VP of the company. Like he's, he, he, he started from zero and worked his way, he didn't, he didn't just get there without any hard work, he labored his way all through those promotions to now only have one spot above him, the owner of the company, and he's right underneath him, right? So he's worked his way all the way up. And he's put in 20 years, 30 years into this company. And now after putting that time in, one day, you know, his, the, only, the only one above him is the boss, right? The boss walks into his office with some teenage kid, some 15-year-old, chewing gum, and says, hey, uh, I want to introduce you to this kid. Uh, he's our new VP. He's taking your job. And I think you should go get him some coffee. And you're sitting in his chair. Oh. If you were in the room, a fly on the wall, if you were observing this, you can imagine what's going to happen next. The guy who's sitting in the VP chair earned his spot. He put the years in. He's going to say, what are you talking about? Well, look at all the stuff I've done. What are his qualifications? What experience does he have? Is he even out of high school yet? This is ridiculous. I can't accept this. I, I'm, n- I'm not gonna listen to this. This is absurd, this is unfair, it's not right. And as a matter of fact, if you were watching this scene, you'd sympathize with the poor guy. Man, he put so much work in, he did so much dedication, He worked all the way up, and some guy, some new guy comes along with zero qualifications, hasn't done any work yet, just got on the job, just picked up off the street, and now all of a sudden he's taken the place, taken his place. Well, if you understand something, I'm actually not talking about some guy who got promoted and became a VP, and I'm not talking about some 15-year-old, I'm talking about Iblis, I'm talking about the devil. Who, before he was the devil, served Allah, and some accounts tell us, served Allah more than any other creation. So much so that he was even promoted above the ranks of angels. That's not easy to get that promotion. Can you imagine you and I competing with the worship of angels? Like, think, that, think about that for a second. Allah describes angels, لا اللَّهَ مَا أمرهم. They don't disobey Allah in whatever He tells them to do. Can you imagine an existence, a human existence? An existence, human beings and jinns have choice, right? A creation that has choice To live an entire existence In so much obedience to Allah That you can surpass the ranks of angels It's easy to say But just imagine that for a moment That's an incredible amount of work That's an incredible amount of work That he put in And dedication that he put in To the point where he's given that rank And when he's given that rank Allah creates this new creation Made of dirt With no past No history Nothing and all of a sudden, all the angels are gathered. And when the angels are gathered, of course their ex- senior management is gathered too. Even though he's not an angel, he was given rank above them. So he's gathered too. And so you get to the next ayah. Allah says, وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَاكُمْ We created all of you, meaning all of us. ثُمَّ And we molded and fashioned all of you. We'll highlight that next week, inshallah. And then he says, ثُمَّ قُلَّ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ اسْجُدُوا adama Then we said to the angels, make that because of Adam." On a side note, I do wanna mention something that I personally in my own studies am more convinced of. You are completely free to disagree, but I will, I will, on a side note, mention that for you. There are two times in the Qur'an, Allah mentions that people did sajda to someone other than Allah. Okay, two times. It's the sajda that was done by the angels, uh, two, supposedly two, Adam salam, And the other sajda that's mentioned is the sajda that was done by the brothers of Yusuf when the, the dream was fulfilled, okay? But the lam is used, Lamat al-Ta'lil, can be understood as lam al-Ta'lil also. Ushudu li-Adam, you can understand it also as do sajda because of Adam. Not to Adam, but because of Adam. Or they did sajda because of the brothers of Yusuf. Why that's important, uh, why I feel that's important to understand is because from the point of view of Ibrahim alayhi salam, Allah gave Ibrahim alayhi salam the task of building the Kaaba. And told Ibrahim, you're going to build this house, you're going to make this house for people who will do tawaf, people who will do i'tikaf, people who will do ruku', and people who will do Sujud." And he taught this religion to his sons, Ismail and Ishaq. And Ishaq taught the same religion to his son Yaqub. And Yaqub taught the same religion to his sons, including Yusuf. So I can't imagine Ibrahim, السلام, who was given the task of building the Kaaba, allowing for sajda anywhere other than the Kaaba. But you, you do find in the Quran that people do sajda when they're overwhelmed by something Allah does. Like when magicians were overwhelmed by the staff, they fell into sajda. Not to the staff, but because of the staff. The same way the Christians came, Qur'an describes some Christians came to the Prophet wasallam, heard the Qur'an, and they started bawling in tears and fell into sajda because of what they heard in the Qur'an. Okay? So you have incidents of why sajda happens because of it. Now Allah's magnificent creation of the human being. And why is it so magnificent? That's next week. But it's this magnificent marvel that Allah created and because of it he commands the angels do sajda. So not necessarily to Adam but because of him. This is such an amazing thing that you should be humbled by the creative power of Allah. That you should be humbled and fall into sajda. And he says, what's so awesome about him? I mean, you didn't ask for the creation to do sajda and be amazed that you made me from fire. Fire is pretty awesome. You made him from mud, dirt, clay. So I want you to first understand when I, when I was telling you that story about that guy who got promotions, you felt bad for the guy and now you may be confused. Why am I, am I supposed to feel bad for the devil? Because he got all these promotions and all of a sudden he got, the job got taken away from him. I want you to understand something here. I want you to understand and I, I want to remind myself what is it that Iblis was going to get if, if that rank was not given to Adam السلام, If that honor wasn't given, was he going to get wealth? Was he going to get gardens? What did he do all this time? This, these centuries that he worshipped Allah and served Allah, he was doing it just allegedly just to please Allah. He wasn't getting anything material from it. All he wanted actually was recognition, appreciation. I just wanna be recognized as the best because I have put my work in. You know this desire to be recognized, this desire to be appreciated, this can overwhelm, this can be bigger than any material greed human beings have. Just the desire to be recognized. And inshallah in subsequent khutbahs will connect that desire to arrogance. Now it's okay for you and I to do work and for that work to be recognized. That's a natural desire. And even the Prophet, on many occasions, when Sahaba would do something good, he would praise them, he would acknowledge them. But Allah knew something about Iblis that was hiding inside him. And Allah describes al-Baqarah, I know what you show and what you have been hiding for a long time. Among the angels, Iblis was hiding something in his heart for a long, long time. And what he was hiding was all of this wasn't for Allah, all of this was for recognition. You see, when you do things for the right reason, and then someone appreciates you, that's okay, it's an added benefit. But if you do things for appreciation, it's a completely different thing. That's a completely different. Now on the outside, it won't, you, nobody will know the difference. I also want you to know today, the, the things that are common between Adam and Iblis. Adam Aley, Sam and Iblis, what is in common? They were both created by Allah as special creations. They were both given a rank. And a supreme rank even above the angels, in this case, sajda, because of Adam They were both honored by Allah. And later on in the story, they both disobeyed Allah, didn't they? Iblis disobeyed Allah. Adam السلام, also disobeyed Allah What's the difference then? That one of them, when he made a mistake, he justified his mistake. He said, yeah, I messed up. I'm not going to do sajda, and here's why. Because it doesn't make any logical sense. I have the rank, I have the experience, I have the better ingredients from which I was made. I don't see any common sense behind me having to do that to him. Now flip the equation, go on the other side, Adam Adam salam, when, he, when his mistake was made, I'll take you through it very briefly so you can compare these two. When his mistake was made, you know, Allah had announced before he even made Adam before he even made him he told all the angels in najahilun fil khalifa i'm going to put someone on the earth that will have generation after generation allah didn't say i'm going to put someone in heaven allah said i'm going to put someone where on the earth the purpose of adam alisam creation was actually to be on the earth from the beginning from the beginning and on the earth you're not going to live forever fiha fiha you're going to live here you're going to die here it's not like Jannah, Jannatul Khul, Jannah, you live there forever. Iblis comes to Adam salam later on in the story and tells him, listen, I was there when the announcement was made. You're actually not supposed to stay here in Jannah. You're going to get demoted down to earth. This is why you were made. The only people that stay here are permanent residents. You want a green card? You want it? You better eat from that tree because The only way you can stay here is either your angels, which you're not. Or you have to be from those who live here forever. And the only ones who live here forever are people who eat from that tree. Guess why he didn't tell you, didn't want you to eat from that tree. He doesn't want you eating from that tree because if you eat from that tree, you'll become a citizen. And then you can't be expelled. You see, because the plan is you're gonna go down to the earth. That's the plan. Oh, who would be in Jannah and wanna leave Jannah? Adam alayhi salam over time is seduced into our parents are both seduced into making that that historical mistake. They eat from that tree. And again, details will come later, but today's point, I want you to focus on today's point, which is what? When Allah says, now you're going to go to the earth, when after the mistake was made, eh min and go down to the earth. That's what Allah told Adam alayhi salam. Go down to the earth. Now think about that. Couldn't Adam alayhi salam say, wait a second. What do you mean go down to the earth as punishment for doing this? You were sending me all along That was already the plan It wasn't my fault that you're saying that I'm going to the earth because I made this mistake Apparently, the announcement was already made that I was going to go to the earth You ever heard people say, if Allah already knows what I'm going to do, why is it my fault? Right? The first human being that could have asked that question is the first human being you could have asked, Ya yeah, Allah, you already knew I was gonna to go to the earth, how is it my fault? As a matter of fact, you even announced it to all the angels. That I'm going to, you're gonna send me to the earth. And yet, when Iblis was criticized, he offered a logical excuse. And when Adam was criticized, he could have offered a logical excuse, yet his response was actually humility. He was actually embarrassed and he understood something. No matter how logical I think I am, I cannot be more logical or more wise than the wisdom of Allah. And when I make a mistake, I will take ownership instead of blaming Allah. When a choice comes between blaming God and blaming myself, I'm gonna blame myself. Whether I think I understand it or not, because the devil will come and rationalize. That you, see, you see, the real difference between Adam السلام, and Iblis is not that they both didn't make a mistake. Both of them made a mistake. But one of them finds a logical explanation to justify their mistake. And the other one, no matter how logical you might think in your head, look, I made a mistake, I own it. we wronged ourselves. You didn't wrong us, we wronged ourselves. It was important to say, not just Lalamna, we wronged, but we wronged ourselves. We're taking full responsibility. We're not putting any of this on you. You see, there are going to be people on Judgment Day that are going to say to Allah, hadani. Had Allah only guided me, I would have been good. If Allah did that, Allah didn't let me be guided. Allah decided I should be a bad person. Allah جل, took that excuse away from the first human being. And that will be the difference between those who follow the way of Adam salam. And those who follow the way of the devil. From until, until the Day of Judgment. That's what's going to happen. There are going to be, all of us are going to make mistakes. This is why the Prophet told us, وسلم, All children of Adam make mistakes. All of them. And make mistakes. Khata is different from khatiun. خاطئ means someone who makes a mistake. Khata'un means people who make mistakes, and make mistakes, and make mistakes, and make mistakes, and make mistakes. And make mistakes. Like we keep on making successive mistakes. And the best of those who make those mistakes are people who keep coming back to Allah and acknowledging that they've made a mistake. ta'wabun, Those who keep repenting over and over again, coming back to Allah over and over again. This is the starting point of the story of Adam salam. When, def- when he refused to do sajda, it was something inside him. That first, a logical ex- explanation, a logical excuse in his head. And second, a sense of superiority. I deserve this, he doesn't. Why does he deserve recognition? Adam salam didn't get some treasures. He got a tough life in this earth. Allah says, I was writing about this recently. Human beings are created in labor, in difficulty, in toil. This life isn't easy. Even though Allah put luxurious things in this world, you all have to work. We, ha- we get old, we get sick, we have bills to pay. We have difficulty and challenges in this life. So how is it easy? It's actually not that I wish I had a tough life like Adam It's actually I wish I had the recognition he got. I wish I was appreciated and people spoke highly of me and I got that rank. And you know what the devil wants? He wants to come to each and every one of us and think about, hey, how how, how am I going to be recognized by others? He's gonna keep coming and putting that in your head and my head, making you compare yourself to others constantly. Compare yourself to others. And you know, again, in subsequent khutbas, we'll see one of the devil's easiest tricks is if you can't become better yourself, the easy thing to do is bring someone else down. Then you'll feel better automatically. You're still in the same place, but you just humiliate someone else, bring someone else down, and now you feel higher because they're lower now. Right? So that's, that's what's going to come. But inshallah ta'ala, my intention is that we revive our connection with this profound story and really find a new sense of identity through it. May Allah azza wa accept our learning and our commitment to the book of Allah and open our hearts to its lessons. May Allah azza wa accept our worship and especially for our young, may Allah azza wa give them a strong sense of identity as believers.